Hey, friends. Hi. It's been a minute since I've been with you guys for Yay, Together What If, <laughs> but I'm back. glad to be back in the sea and I'm glad, glad to be starting. Back. Well, thank you. And I'm glad that we're starting a new series on this podcast today, but also in our uh worship services as well and in some of our small groups and it's a a couple of weeks long series where we're going to be diving deep into some hot topics and issues that the church has not done a good job of addressing or maybe have even um, perpetuated some of the inequity or the discrepancies or, Mm -hmm. or, or stigma around some of these hot topics things like how we love and treat our neighbors and people who don't look like us, or what we're going to be talking about today, which is mental health. And so together, what if not only for the next couple of minutes, but for the next couple of weeks, could we just together collectively lean into recognizing and admitting the ways that the church has fallen short in addressing some of these topics and living into some of these realities? Um, And can we also together dream of what it could be like Mm. if we were honest Mm. and and open to the ways that maybe as Christ followers, we were supposed to handle this differently and lean into it as a church. And I say that because we're in a church. And so we are recognizing the ways that we have fallen short as a church. Well, and and we see um, and live the experience with our people that go to our church of what what the struggles are and we hear those struggles and and I and I wouldn't want anyone that's watching us today to think that of the three of us any of us really are trained counselors or that uh, we are trying to offer you counseling of any kind we are just simply talking about the issue of mental health in the church and um uh so I handle. I want to handle that with care, and I also let folks know that if if there are if there are things in your life that are challenging for you, that we have very high empathy, and um, would not want to do or say anything that was threatening or harmful to you. So um, we're going to approach this with grace, and we ask for grace back as we talk about this. And I think that honestly, Jamie, one of the reasons that we don't talk about it is. Or, or we've been historically bad at talking about it is because it is tricky, and uh, we, everyone has a different trigger, and um, it, it's this—it's this thing where it's been stigmatized in the past, and now it's in now it's up front, and so. Um, your personal experience. Let's talk about that just a little bit as as a pastor and as um, someone who's um, leading this congregation. Yeah, I, I appreciate Michelle your disclaimer um, in the sense that I'm I'm not a mental health professional, but the the fact is too, um, you know, being um, responsible for a congregation, um, I do have folks that will approach me with a conversation or want to have a conversation. And, and I think in, in that approach, you know, I have resources that I can send people to. We have some great um, counselors in our community and, um, and all those connections. And um, so, but um, I, I think it's the reality. I think we need to name the reality is, is that there's not anyone that mental illness has not affected in one way or the other, Absolutely. whether it's personally or with family or friends that we've not had to walk that journey 
together. And it might not have affected people until the pandemic. But if you got through the pandemic without encountering some sort of mental health situation, like, yeah. <laughs> well, what were you doing? Tell me your magic. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like that was a, a collectively, we were all experiencing different aspects of some mental health um, of problems uh, at some point. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys. I'll just take a minute to say, particularly it came to the forefront during um, during COVID and during that that season of lockdown that I had to really pay attention to my own self-care mm-hmm. and, and things like making sure I get enough sleep, make sure I get enough sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, be very intentional about particularly those two things, exercise and um and and what I'm putting in my body, those kind of things. I don't. What kind of self care do you guys pay attention to? Yeah. I'm just curious. I remember, I remember during the pandemic, uh, part of my routine in the morning was like waking up, having my quiet time, drinking my coffee, then going and watching Good Morning America while I got ready. And man, during the <laughs> pandemic, Good Morning America was like doom and gloom. Everyone yeah. is dying. And that made my anxiety so bad. So I had to switch my routine. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped watching and I don't watch it anymore just because, yeah. and and that helped me tremendously. So recognizing in myself things that were causing me anxiety that were outside of my control and what could I do to make it inside my control. And one of those things was to watch, not watch the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was helpful, but walking long walks, um, mm-hmm. I did a lot of coloring in my coloring books yeah. like a little kid, <laughs> and I loved it. Well, I'm I'm always just uh, delighted when uh, Scripture intersects with um, what we're actually talking about, and it does if you just know, you know, if it's written on your heart and you just – but Paul Paul tells us to take every thought captive, and so one of the one of the uh, questions I always had about that, it was like, how? I mean, how do I do – and – and so I've I've thought about that a lot, and, and I think our thoughts, um, they do a number on us sometimes. And so during the pandemic, I I began to get those thoughts down on paper, uh, journal. That's so going back to your question, that's kind of one of the things I, I began to write God letters, like "Good morning, Lord," and I would build those letters off of. Um, devotional things I was reading and scripture that I was reading, and um. I found that super helpful, uh, especially with um, the high anxiety mm-hmm. part of things. And um, and I did, I did, I think it's irreplaceable to spend time looking up in nature. Um, I, I I'm sad for people that don't have any mobility or any um, or any green space around them, yeah. and that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, but here's my question. Are y'all still practicing self-care routines? Are y'all mm-hmm. still doing things that are helping y'all? Jenny, I have to. Same. I mean, mm-hmm. I um and I realize that I have the privilege to have time. Like I'm not I don't have a toddler at home. Uh, I have a puppy. But I <laughs> and that's about the same thing. <laughs> but I don't uh, you know, like for moms who are really busy or women who are working two jobs, single mom, I mean you know, the time element of of mental uh, wellness um, mental thriving is what really, um, you know, 
is what we want for people. And I think that's what the church should be wanting for people to kind of turn it in that direction. You know, the, the Jesus has got it figured out. He says, you know, the Shema has it figured out, the 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 Jewish code of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's an integrated love, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, there's not this inner conflict. It's like we're it's all going in the same direction. And to me, that's kind of where mental health comes in is like, I'm not conflicted in my soul. I don't want this over here and this over here and this over here. I'm not scattered. I'm, I'm integrated. I'm, I'm in wholeheartedness. Um, so Jamie, the church and what, what, what does scripture have to say? What does Jesus have to say? You know, and that's been the challenge for the church as, um, you know, the church has not treated mental health the same way we have physical health or mm-hmm. soul health. And back to your integration comment, all three of those are integrated. I mean, the, our, our mind, our, our spirit, and and our body. And and when one part of that is is broken, it affects all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, and and so there should be a response to that from from the church. And yet. In the past, the church has kind of shot away from that. We've not we've not addressed it. You know, we've not we've not touched on it. Maybe the same way we have even physical health. So, um, or but- the church has gone too extreme and has said that oh, you just need to pray away whatever mental health situation you have going on, or it's just a lack of your faith. I mean, we've also been, there's one side of we've just kind of ignored it. And there's another side that we have over-spiritualized it to a point of causing yeah. great toxicity and harm. And and I don't read her very often, but Lisa Turkhurst, I heard her on a podcast mm-hmm. and um, she talked about um, going through this mental health uh, crisis after uh, a breakup of her marriage and and she was in a counseling session for codependence and I so I that got my attention and then she said that um everybody was going around the room talking about their coping techniques just like we were talking about ours and she's like I don't have one hmm. she said I don't have a, a coping technique and um her counselor's like, oh, yes, you do. You hyper-spiritualize everything. <laughs> and you guys, that hit me right between the eyes because I cannot tell you how many times I feel like I have done that. Well, I'm just going to go and do this spiritual practice or I'm just going to do this spiritual practice or God's teaching me something through this. And, I, and I've and i placed responsibility on God mm-hmm. for my own mental wellness when I, or, or, or we've said that it's... Um, spiritual warfare we have called serious mental health issues and we've just said oh that's spiritual warfare i have heard that before and 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 that's and i'm so not saying there's not like a, a, some truth of some sort in there that in a way that we don't understand okay correct. but but to say yeah. to say that oh your bipolarness is just spiritual warfare or that your depression is spiritual you know like Ah, no, that's not just it. That that I do not believe that you can over spiritualize something to that point. I, I, it's yeah, it's harmful. It, it is harmful, and it's, it's harmful a slippery because slope. when when it doesn't, when you don't feel better after you've been prayed over, or you don't feel this miraculous sense of of easing of your spirit that's long lasting. Because if it's not sustainable, it's not real. Let's be truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, then you think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And I want to go back to your, your comment though, about 
how we hyper-spiritualize this. And I find that we, we have a tendency to hyper-spiritualize when it's very individual-based, mm-hmm. when we individualize things. And in the Christian tradition, so it good. is not a—we're a corporate faith. That is, we are, in, in, we are a faith in community together. So my faith is resting on your faith. Your faith is resting on my faith. We, we're in this interdependence. And I think yeah. so. And, and when you're in that interdependence, I don't think you have the tendency to hyper spiritualize like you would, bef- you know, if if you're just individualized. That is important to and, what you're um, saying. And, and I, so much of our mental health goes into decline when we become individualized. Correct. Yeah, I, I don't think Jesus meant it that way. I don't think he meant for us to to do this whole like my own personal salvation story that doesn't intersect with anyone else's. No, I mean, and, and that's the value. <laughs> that is the value of com- the 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 faith community. I mean, I think that is to me that is the richness of um of the community. You know, um, and and calls just like the the Jewish people, we're all on this journey together, and we're trying to, you know, to to work through this and 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 on the road towards salvation together. Mm-hmm. And um and so I think that's important for us to keep in mind. And so if I was, you know, encouraging anyone today, it would be to, you know, if you're struggling with mental health is, is you know, find community yeah. and, and seek out community, you know, and and, there, and that might be a progress. That might be a, st- a step that you have to take and, and other multiple steps maybe, but but I think there's this value in, in Finding that. healthy community. Yes. You know, there's this, you do not have to, search too hard or too long in scripture to find examples of people in scripture dealing with mental health issues. Uh, One of them, a prominent person is in the Old Testament, and it's this guy named King David. Um, And he he had some depression, anxiety, worry, stress. Just that's me making some very judgment- based things thousands of years later looking in and reading scripture it's like we're reading his diaries in a sense but i mean for me that's comforting to see someone in scripture dealing with something that looks like anxiety to me or looks like depression to me yeah and i think our theology too is is important you know as um as christians you know we have a we have a, a theology of god that that God is not some pie in the sky deity out there somewhere, but God is is with us in the mm-hmm. trenches. I think it was Psalm sixty eight. Um, you know, that's the other beautiful thing about scripture is that we have we have a series of of psalms we call lament psalms, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think it's Psalm sixty eight where the psalmist cries out and he says, "Out of the depths, O Lord, I cry to you." Yeah. And I think this, to me that's so powerful, <laughs> so powerful because it's a reminder that that God is with us. In those depths, in in the in the darkness, in the valleys, in the in the the struggles, that God is with us in those, yeah. and um, and just like the Israelites who were enslaved, God said, you know, I mean, God said that I've heard the cry of the needy. I heard those, so that's important. And and those are great to to read and reread to remind ourselves that uh, my feelings are not unique. They're not. I mean, they they feel individual to me because you're not you can't feel what I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all um, the Enneagram fours are like, no, that's not that's true. true. <laughs> um, but you know, I just think of it as like um, I used to get migraines really bad. You know, and uh, when you're walking around with a migraine, you look exactly the same, but you feel terrible. And 
no one really can see it. And you and so mm-hmm. sometimes the things that we're struggling with, people don't see them and we don't feel safe sharing them because we think, well, it's going to diminish my value and worth in someone else's eyes if they, but what if we were a community that could be vulnerable with one another? And, you know, so I'm going to, ta- I'm going to practice some vulnerability right now. Um, about three and a half, four years ago, it was before the pandemic. It was like, tw- no, it was longer than that. It was 2018. I just, I just hit a bout of anxiety that was intense mm. and uh, I'm not against medication. I just didn't want to go on medication. But I had never been through a counseling like situation, and so I thought it's time for me to do this. Um, my both my parents were aging. I was my responsibility there was going up, and let me just go ahead and caveat this with: I realized the ability to pick up the phone and get a counselor. And call and 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 even have to pay for it is mm-hmm. uh, such a blessing and such a privilege. And um, but church can intersect with that as well as being a place, a hub for helping people get connected to uh, counseling that is good. But anyway, just the practice of the vulnerability to share with someone, hey, I've struggled with that too, and um, I was doing what I thought were all the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you I know, think that's so important. Yeah, I think that I didn't cause it. No, and if I could have stopped it, I would have. You guys, I mean, it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. It's a terrible feeling. <laughs> but the fact that you, as a church person, can sit up here and say, "Yes, I experienced all of this," mm-hmm. and now I've I've been going to counts. I've been going to see a trauma therapist since 2017. And I was not on anxiety medication at any point during any of that. Went through the whole pandemic. I was so against anxiety medication. Um, and then something happened last fall. Y'all know what it was. Just a lot of creating a lot of anxiety within me. Um, and I got to this point where basically it was like, I have to get onto anxiety meds. And I had been going against it for five years so adamant that I would not take medicine because I had good self-care routines. I was going to see a counselor who was teaching me good coping mechanisms. I was doing trauma therapy, things called EMDR and safe and sound protocol, things to help me get in my body in a right way so that when anxiety did rise up within me, I was aware, I could manage it, I could move forward. And I had to get anxiety meds. And And I'm on that. And did you feel any stigma? Did you feel oh, like yeah. a failure? Oh yeah. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Really? I because hate that. I thought that I could push through. I thought that it was a sign of my weakness oh. to the five years of work that I've been doing in counseling, the the my ability as a person to handle that. And all I've realized is that I just needed something to help t- take the edge off. Yeah. And my goal in counseling, uh you know, my next one of my next goals in counseling is to get off that medication. Um, and so that because of some things going on in my life, I think that that's going to be able to happen. Those extreme circumstances that were causing a lot of anxiety in me are not true anymore. Those are not happening. But, you know, I just I want to say that because maybe someone's watching and they just heard you say that you finally went to counseling and how great that's been for you. 
you know, if you're going through counseling and you're still struggling and you feel like you need to be on anxiety medication or you've gone against anxiety medication because of stigma or because you believe that you can do it. Or that good Christians just or don't, good Christians. don't medicate. Remember that I mean, I've God, heard all that kind of yeah. stuff, you guys. I mean, I'm like, oh, we don't know what we don't know. But I believe that God has specifically and purposefully put um, things in our path, resources and tools in our path through modern medicine, including modern med- medicine, to help us in our journey. And so, yeah, I just... I just felt like that was needed. But I mean, have you gone to counseling, Jamie? Mm -hmm. I was about to say, so now you're hearing three people in the church who have gone to counseling. Um, And you believe strongly in community, don't you? You believe strongly in Christian. I know that you have some guys that you meet with that um, do what you do. And, um, you know, because there's... We we don't quite grasp sometimes the heavy load that mm-hmm. someone who is sitting in the first chair uh, experiences sometimes, and um, it's a lot of responsibility. And uh, other people who, um, through their life situations, don't see ways out. Mm-hmm. What what kind of words can we end with today on the church and mental health? And we've kind of talked around it, but what? As three people who work in a church, what what can we say to folks? I'll start with Pastor. You. I think I think one of our responsibilities as followers of Christ is is to realize that that we live in a broken and fallen world, but it's a broken and fallen world that God loves tremendously, and each and every one of us. And so, as much grace as that has been shown to us, we um, we're asked to show that same amount of grace to others. Yeah, and I think that's important. And um, and it's important to 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 be able to meet people where they're at and not expect them to to be not expect them to be healthy and whole. Um, you know, Jesus says, I, "I come to give life, but I come to give it in abundance." And um, and I believe that. I believe that from the bottom of my heart that that a life centered on Christ is a life that that has the potential for abundance. But um, but also know that that is a life that um, that continually continually has to be transformed by the love of Christ and the love of God. And so my job is to create an environment and a space for God to do what God does in that in that person's life. Yeah. And to 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 bring to bring um love and healing and um and and just care to someone who who may be struggling in those areas. Absolutely. We talk about this every week, but we are image bearers and um, what I would want for people to know is I would say, come out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Don't stay hidden. Um, you are worthy of of great love. And you you are loved. You may not feel it. You may not ex- understand it completely. But don't hide. Don't stay in the dark. Um, think about what you're thinking about and turn that over and and ask for help. Good word. I think for me, it's, you know, you, you aren't alone. You don't have to do this alone. Going back, emphasizing your community part, reach out, ask people, get a book, be intentional about those self-care routines. Um, 
you know, I just, I, I can't help but wonder together, what if we as the church collectively could help create a, a space where people had access to counseling resources or to mental health resources. And and I just I want to say that our church is working towards that. We we do have a lot of connections with um, mental health resources here in the state of Georgia, but also in Gainesville and Hall County. And so if you would like help connecting to any of those resources, um, you we can try to link them in the show notes. You, you can email us at info at gfumc.com. Yeah. And we would love that's to get those resources way. to you because yeah. that's really, really really important. Anything that y'all feel like was not said that you want to say? I want to end with um, the statistic that Jamie had that 5% of 6th to 12th graders in Gainesville and Hall County have attempted suicide. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as the church, we need to stand in the gap and we need to turn that tide. And young adults and students, your next gens Mm -hmm. are... They need to know that God's love is not conditioned on anything. And I think that can make a big difference. Amen. (laughs) Flip the tables. Mic drop. All right. So church, let's do it together. What if we were people who, who not only sought to be honest and vulnerable with ourselves about our current mental health. But what if we were, we sought to be people of who follow in the Jesus's way, who are honest about mental health and journeying alongside people on their mental health journey together. What if we truly were the church for the church and for the people around us? All right. We'll see you next week. Bye guys. Come out of hiding. You're safe here with There's no need to cover what I already see You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace You've been on lockdown, well I hold the key Cause I loved you before, you knew it was love And I saw it all I chose the cross You were the one That I was thinking of When I rose From the grave Now rid of the shackles My victory's yours I tore the veil For you to come close There's no reason to stand At a distance anymore You're not far from home
ways you run What hindered love Will only become Part of your story In all ways you run What hindered love Will only become Part of your story In all ways you run What hindered love Will only become Part of your story In all ways you run What hindered love Will only become Part of your story